Hello and welcome to At Home with Ashley G. I'm Ashley Gronwald, a real estate agent, mother of three, living in Raleigh, North Carolina with my husband Jed. I hope you'll join me as we discuss all things that begin in the home, such as family, marriage, faith, parenting, organizing, and plus a sprinkle of real estate. I look forward to building a community with you as we navigate the joys of owning a home and making it our safe haven for our family. Because home is where it all begins. Hi everyone, it's Ashley Gronwald with Hunter Row Real Estate and I'm here with my friend Leslie Washburn and she is a friend. We've cycled together. We go to the Summit Church together. We do marriage mentoring weekends together. So we've had a lot of fun overlaps in our life and I wanted to ask her specifically to talk on community because this is like a plumb line, I would say, of your life. I've seen it since the first day I met you, just the way you open up your home, the way you give your life to people. Like, it's so obvious that this is really important. And I don't know that any of us probably do community really well. And so I want you to share what does this look like for you and help us maybe get a vision for what this could look like for ourselves. Um, and I think this is different than hospitality. It's different than entertaining. It's different than just having people in your home. There's a whole lot more to it. So I want to hear more about that. And so Without anything further, do you want to just introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about you, um, what you do in your free time, and then also what you do professionally, anything like that. Sure. Hey, I'm glad to be here today. My name is Leslie Washburn. I live here in Raleigh with my husband, Derek. We've been married almost 15 years. Uh, we don't have any kids, and so that allows us to do life a little bit differently than some other folks. I do work outside of our home. I am the chief of staff for uh, president and CEO of a publicly charity company, which of course is a little bit crazy in general. And we, yeah, we live here in Raleigh. We love it. We do have a lot of people, like Ashley said, just in our house around. I would say free time is generally spent with people, and that can be all kinds of things. I do love to cycle. As Ashley mentioned, she got me into it. I'll give her credit for that. She drug me to my first one. And now I'm one of those Peloton people and I'm not even ashamed of it. Uh, I also do uh, CrossFit and love to hang out with our friends and we play tennis. We just started playing pickleball, which is kind of going well, not so much going well, um, but love to do all kinds of things. If you said, Leslie, you have a day to do nothing, I would probably be laying by the pool or by the at the beach, just reading a book in the sunshine. I really love that, but sadly, not a lot of time for that, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, if we put in this pool that we've been talking about, you're coming over and we're going to sit by the pool and have a, a soda water and or spicy oh. water, like Ellie calls it, and a book, and we're going to hang out. So This is my happy place. I'm now going to start hassling Jed that we really need to get this pool going. Well, you can come and see. He's spray painted the outline of it. So you can come and at least look at that. <laughs> we'll just set our chairs by the outline of the pool and pretend. <laughs> exactly. So let's jump in and talk about community. So where did you get your example for community from? Where did that start? Before I knew anything really about what the Bible was calling for community, which I'll get to in a minute, I really got it from my parents. My family is a very communal family. So I grew up in one of those homes where our house was always the house that people were in. There were always people just running in and out. And my parents' friends were also parents to me and my siblings. And so they really instilled that. 
from a early age that community was vitally important that we needed other people that other people needed us and that it is hard but it's good and it's worth the time invested so primarily my family for sure then as i came to know the lord and started studying the scripture i really feel like it's, it's pretty evident <laughs> in the bible that community is something that we're called to I mean, the majority of the Bible is written to churches, which were their communities then, and it's written in plural languages. So we talk a lot in our family about the one another's of scripture and that that's mostly what we're called to. And that's how most of the instructions are giving. It's teachings on how we are to relate to one another as a family. And so for us, that's really what community is. It is family. And we see that Throughout scripture, I mean, Old Testament, you see how people were living it out. New Testament, especially in Acts, we see the commands for meeting together, encouraging one another, all of these kinds of things and breaking bread, <laughs> spending time, uh, all these things. We take those things seriously that this this is a, a command and this is how God is pleased for us to live. And so that's something that we have just taken more seriously as we've uh, grown in our faith to know that this is really important and God's, this is pleasing to the Lord for us to live like this. I love that. And I think, you know, for us, our lives are a little bit different, but what I, how I somewhat envision that as my kids get older is that I want our house to be the house that kids want to hang out. And growing up, that wasn't necessarily the house that I had, but I would love to just be involved in the kids and their families' lives and like you said, have other families coming alongside me in a community type of way and helping shepherd my kids that I'm not the only ones. And then, you know, just having insight into what they're taught, what the kids are talking about, what they're doing. And home is a fun place to come back to, not a place that they're wanting to run away from. Yeah. So even though you don't have kids, you can still be the house that people want to go hang out at. I know that's what I think often. I wonder what's going on at the Washburn house. And I would love to, you know, have the breakfast pizza with you guys or do the game night or whatever you're doing over there. So I, I love that vision for sure. And I think that it applies to different seasons of life mm -hmm. and different stages, all those different things. So I think that's awesome. So I, I definitely heard you say in the marriage mentoring cohort that we did together that this was like when we were doing our vision statement, you even had this as kind of the pillar of your marriage per se as a vision statement. So why? I mean, yes, you grew up watching it in your home. Yes, you see it in scripture, but that's for a lot of people, but they still don't do it. So why do you guys do it? Why did you say yes to this? Yeah, we do, Ashley, and kind of Derek and I have a couple of, of family mottos and certainly one of our visions. And one of them is to love people well, that that's kind of the the overarching theme I would say is love people well. And it is hard and it's difficult and it's time consuming and it gets us to another one of our statements, which is love is often inconvenient. And that is very true. And we see it as we're living out our lives with people. But I think it's worth it for so many reasons. Uh, one community, we're not just talking about friendship or hanging out time. It really is more than that. So being in a community of people means that not only are we doing things together and having fun and all that kind of stuff, but that they're a place that is holding us accountable, which we think is really important. They're a place of encouragement. They're a place for us that we can live 
with honesty and authenticity and transparency that we can be vulnerable that when we're in the middle of a crisis and bad things are happening, those are the people that we're going to call. And so that's not just what you do to an acquaintance or a friend. And so it is a totally different thing when we were talking about what is community and why we think it's so important. And, and we need those things. <laughs> like There are days that I can't believe on my own strength and I need my brothers and sisters to believe for me, or I don't have the words to pray or to kind of go to the Lord with what we're, we're bearing at that moment. And I need brothers and sisters to be there on our behalf, like good times, bad times, celebration, morning, all those things. Like we need their encouragement, love, accountability, support, prayer, all of those things, because I think what we see, one of the biggest things about sin is that it's deceitful. But <laughs> How do you know if you're being deceived? That's the point. You don't know you're deceived. So how am I going to know if I don't have community and brothers and sisters to say, hey, Leslie, you like you're being deceived here. This is an issue that you need to like, I need that outside perspective to help me and to help Derek and to help our marriage and our family as we're going through things like that. That's vitally important for us. So it's been something that we've prioritized over the years and that being home is what we are to people like that is our goal to be home. So sometimes for us, that means we are home to people physically. <laughs> we have people live with us that need places to stay. We always have, uh, we have someone living with us right now. And so that is a, a real way that we can be home for someone. But then also being home for people a lot of times means that you're a place that's safe, that you're a place that's comfortable, that you're a place that they can be loved and encouraged and that they will not be judged and they will be just accepted and, and feel like they can be there and belong. And so that is really what we want to be for people is home. And sometimes that means we are home to people where they are. So we have friends that have been on the mission field or in other countries. And sometimes that means we get to go visit them and be home for them. And actually, to your point about, I think regardless of your season or what's happening, like you can be home for so many different people in so many different kinds of ways. But it does take effort. And most importantly, I would say intentionality, like none of these things happen accidentally as as adults. And I think that's true too. It's like we, you know, we could be out of a season, it's kind of pulling ourselves out of, you know, we've got little ones. So this really isn't a time to do that. And that could be a legitimate reason not to. Jed and I have not allowed that to be the case for our marriage mentoring, um, being small group leaders, Things that's like, we need this for us too. Like for our marriage to, to help other people, you, you're listening to that message as you're sharing that with other people. And so um, it's, it's not perfectly quiet all the time during our marriage mentoring, or, you know, there might be some poopy diaper, diapers during small group, but it's the season of life we're in. And to put that off, to say, it's just too hard right now could be risky for us to be out of community can be very a slippery slope of that just becomes normal and easy. And then you're living behind closed doors. No one knows what's going on. And to your point of like having blind spots, like you can have them individually and your spouse can help point that out, but then you can have them together as a couple and as a family, like just be living in a normal that's become normal to you, but that is not normal to scripture is not what we're called to not healthy, all of those things. So that's the point. And I think for you guys, 
doing things fun with other people just allows for vulnerability to follow suit. So if you, you know, it's like starting, I'm not great about this. Jed will be the first to say like, Ashley, slow down. Don't go so deep so fast. Like ease into the relationship, you know, cause I just want to go for the, the zinger right at the beginning, but it's like, yeah, go have dinner together, go for a walk, go play pickleball, build community. And then as safety and confidence in the relationship is established, then you can start to feel safe to open up and be vulnerable and share what's really going on behind closed doors. What's really happening in your marriage as a parent at work, as a sister, aunt, cousin, whatever it is. So I think those things are really important to allow for someone to feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable. So that's awesome. One of the things we say is if you're looking for an excuse, you'll always find one. And that is true for anything. It's true for not exercising. It's true for not reading a book. It's true for anything, but it's definitely true for community too. If you're looking for an excuse why you can't in this season, you're going to find one. So really it comes down to what are you going to prioritize? Because time is our most limited resource. I'm not getting any more. And if I'm spending time with someone, that's the most precious thing that I can give someone. Mm -hmm. And so how are we going to be intentional in spending our time is the question that we have to answer. So good. And I think this gets to the next idea concept that community is messy and hard. Like you said, it's in loving people can be inconvenient. All those things that I think could be some of our reasons why we back away or we just go so deep into relationship. I mean, it's the same way our relationship with the church can be. You show up, you sit in the service and you leave and there's nothing beyond that point. Same with small group. You go, but there's nothing deeper. You're not sharing any vulnerable pieces of your life. So this is the part that I think can make people uncomfortable. They're like, I'm willing to go to pickleball. I'm willing to even come to church, but I'm not really interested in you asking me questions and holding me accountable to what I've committed to in my marriage, what I've committed to in my walk with Jesus. So speak to the messy part, because I know you've experienced messy and, and tell us why it's worth it to hang in there, even though it's messy. It is definitely messy and it's hard and it's heartbreaking some days, um, but it is also just tremendously joyous at the end of it. And first of all, just because things are messy doesn't mean that it's not worth it, right? I think Uh, Anyone out there with kids would say tremendously messy, right? (laughs) Um, But no one would say, oh, yeah, totally not worth it because of those diapers. Like that's that's not a thing that we would say, but we do use that as an excuse for relationships. Um, We've had the the just joy and the difficulty of walking through with friends with infidelity and with same-sex attractions and eating disorders and just all kinds of things that you would think are they're bad things and yes in general and in those times they are but the way that it deepens relationships and the amount of love and honesty and vulnerability that those things allow are just they, they it's it's hard to explain for people who who aren't in it but it's just so precious and it allows those bonds of friendship just to deepen so dearly that 
those are things that you would not pass up that they have done these things that really do make a difference. And in that meantime, what you're getting in the mess is you're getting the deepest parts of those people. And that's really a privilege that someone would share that with you. And it's an honor that someone would be that humble and that they would be that transparent is something that you don't ever want to take for granted. Certainly we don't want to, that is a a huge thing that someone is giving you, which is their trust that you are going to hang in there with them, that you are going to be in this mess with them and you are going to love them through it and with it and that you are going to be there with them on the other side. So yes, it can be tremendously messy, but it is infinitely worth it. And Again, we're not talking about acquaintances for these things, right? There's we talk about levels of friendship and in, in our circle a lot. There are acquaintances, and that's great. And having lots of acquaintances, no problem. And then there are people that are kind of friends that you're friends with, and you hang out with them occasionally or have dinner with them. And then you have your people, if you want to call them your tribe, your circle, however you want to call them, but they're the people that when something horrible happens at two o'clock in the morning, those are the people that you're calling. And yeah, no one likes to get called at two o'clock in the morning, but that means if I'm calling you at two o'clock in the morning, something terrible has happened and I need you to be there and I need you to answer and I need you to show up for me because something is wrong. And those are the people that we're talking about in this that are those people. They're your 2 a.m. people. And why would you not go through whatever you need to go through? for them. I mean, there's just genuine love and care and concern for those people that there's nothing that I would not do um, for those people in, in our deepest circle. There's nothing. So any mess that they would bring totally worth it. That makes me think of, you know, again, we do the mentoring like you do, and we've had a couple couples who are living together or, you know, um, being intimate before that I do. And, you know, Jed and I are very passionate about those two things, just setting them up for success in marriage. And, you know, we invite them into our home week after week, month after month, sometimes beating that same horse of this is very important. And we're not going to just say, you know, the culture says it's okay. Your parents even say it's okay, but we're not okay with it. And what I love is that they keep coming back. So they, they, know, they resonate with the truth of it. Something inside of them is saying, this is true. I don't know how to get past it, but that would be an example of messy. Cause it's like, we don't leave on the same page. Like when they leave our house, we're not like, okay, you guys are moving out and you, you know, this is exactly what we were hoping for. It's like, they're still stuck in it potentially. And so Jed and I will just be frustrated and like, why are we doing this? They're not listening. And do they really want our help? You know, but then how rewarding when they stand at their wedding day and they have chosen purity, one of them has moved out. They've made a purity commitment to each other until the wedding, like all these things. And we can just stand there like proud little parents of these kids that it not our doing. I, of course, God has convicted us and gifted us with this ability to be a part of it is what you're like, you're saying it's um, not to our own doing, but that, that can get a little taxing to have that conversation over and over and over again and be rejected and not see fruit from it until a, a while later. But then just like you said, you cannot trade the joy that you have in that moment. So that's like an example of what Jed and I see in this season with our couples that we've been, 
you know, mentoring. Let me think about though, Abraham, and this has always struck me. So, right. God promised Abraham, you're going to have descendants outnumbering the stars and that you're going to have a land. And he died with two sons and a field. And so he never saw the fruition of what God promised him on this side, right? He never lived to see those things. Now we have seen those things and we saw how the rest of, of the story has played out, but Abraham himself died with just that little bit. And certainly not what he would have imagined was the fulfillment of what God had promised. And so when we talk about the waiting and the not seeing the fruit and the, those things, like that's what I'm always reminded of is, I'm not promised fruit on this side and I'm not promised to see the fulfillment and God has not guaranteed us any of those things, but he is allowing us to walk faithfully in the works that he has given us today. And that that is what we're required to do. And that that is the work that he has given and for us to follow in and whether we see it on this side of heaven or not, that's not up to us, but I just think, Think about what Abraham went through and how long he waited and, you know, what, what that turned into and how richly God blessed his obedience. Yes. And the other thing that you made me think of is just like, I know that times you've been in a rough season with a couple or a person and same with us and just wanting to throw the towel in like, this is too hard. Oh, it's messy. Like we keep saying, um, and just like, pushing through that, knowing that you don't like them very much. You love them, of course, but you don't like them. I feel like we've used those words. Like we don't like this couple right now. Um, But that's what the depth of community can bring is just walking through, even when they're making terrible decisions that you would never encourage anyone to make, you know, and it's similar to, I think, you know, our kids are young, so we haven't experienced a lot of this yet, but watching a child make terrible decisions and loving them anyway and welcoming welcoming back home, just like the prodigal son, like all of those um, is pictures of this idea. So what are practical ways for people our age, older, younger, with kids, no kids, retired, that they could create community? Maybe they don't even have a community, but they want this. They know it's biblical and they want this. What would you say to them? Yeah, I would say first find you got to find people. And so a lot of times that can start with people who have common interests is a really easy way to find, find people that may be somewhat similar and have some interest. So thankfully for us as believers, right, we have the church, which is just a amazing place that we have people that at our core, we might not agree on all kinds of other things, but at our core, we believe that, you know, Jesus is Lord and that he's done everything needed for our our redemption. And so that is something that regardless of what else is happening, we we're believing there. So, so we're on the same page. Um, but if, if you're not, I mean, join a CrossFit gym, <laughs> maybe exercise isn't your thing, but CrossFit as in general is very community oriented. That's their whole point. Cause they even have understood as a business model, community makes people come back. Maybe you do want to play tennis. You can join a tennis league. They have book clubs at Wake County public libraries or wherever you are. I feel like there's just whatever your interests are, there are groups that you can find that would be people that could start there. And then you never know that may turn into friendship, which then turns into community, but none of it's going to happen accidentally. So uh, I think this is one of the things I really took for granted in college was that community just kind of happened. You know, you were 
just on campus and people just ended up hanging out and then all of a sudden you were just in the library with four other people and it just kind of happened it was really easy and effortless and then i graduated i mean you know obviously a long time ago now and got out and had a job and then i got to oh i can't just i don't naturally run into people anymore so it really does come down to what how are we going to prioritize this how are we going to make this intentional and so that means that i have to be really diligent with my calendar is what that means for us now so have to pay attention get things scheduled and sometimes i'm scheduling far out but that's going to guarantee me that i'm going to have time with that person and so for me that's really important also i would say when you have your people sometimes distance or you know my best friend Brittany moved to texas and that's been hard, but we can get on planes and Marco Polo, which is like a video messaging app is great or FaceTime dates. I mean, I remember Ash, even during quarantine, you and I having some some FaceTime dates, like just to be intentional to set time to say, hey, I want to see you and talk to you as a human, not just text message you. <laughs> so those are things I would say it does take work and it does take effort, but it's definitely worth it to persevere and to find your people and then people. I think people are scared and oh, this is a whole different soapbox, which Ashley knows I could talk about this for like an hour and a half, but <laughs> I think social media has really done us a disservice in this area because generally in social media, which I will admit now I have none, I'm, I'm against it for a lot of reasons, but in social media, everyone is curating this facade that they want you to think of them. And so what happens though is if I'm looking at Ashley's social media and everything looks perfect and everything is so put together, then I know that my life is not always like that. I have, there's dark and black parts of my heart. And so then that makes me think, well, I can't trust Ashley with that or I can't go to Ashley with those things because her life is not that. And that's not true. Like we know that of ourselves in our own experience, but for some reason we wanna think that other people are that much different than we are and they're not. So what I really want to encourage is just push through. And sometimes you have to go first with being vulnerable and put it out there. And it, I've never had an experience where I went first and was vulnerable and humble and honest with someone that it was not responded with in that same likeness. Mm -hmm. People long for connection and people long for someone to care about them. And if you will just be brave enough for that first, that to just go first that one time, mm -hmm. I really do promise it's going to reap that reward of relationship and community. And that's so good. So the, the thought here is if you want to take community to the next level and have authentic community with accountability and vulnerability, the challenge is go first and quiet the lie that says they don't have a mess that they're dealing with, even though the picture of them may look put together. So I think that's such good wisdom. The last question I'd have for you, if you have a thought on it, what is not community? I mean, I, th I thought you were kind of going that direction. And I think you would say probably like our social media groups are not community. That might be a, we have a common interest but there's not authentic, deep, personal relationship happening there. So what would you say to that? I, I would say that, and I guarantee you there are some people hating on me right this second for that comment, which I'm totally fine with. So <laughs> I, I'm fine. Um, I would say, yes, that being in community does require a, 
a knowledge of someone. So just because you're like liking or hearting or I don't know, whatever the kids are doing these days on someone on social media, I do not think that counts as, as genuine community. Mm-hmm. Now, that could be a door, that could be a gateway for some folks, or it could be an, an opening. And that would be great if that's the thing that it could be used for. So I'm not saying that you can't kind of start a friendship. But again, I'm, we're talking about community, not acquaintances and not friends. And so to me, it is a much deeper level. So I would say anything, anyone that you have any kind of feeling that they are judging you or that they are constantly comparing you or putting you down. Those are people that are not your community. And I think that's okay. Like, I think some people don't want to have the, that these people are not really your friends or they're, they're not in your group that that they think that's hurtful. I'm like, no, that's okay. Like everyone can't be your 2am people. So I think just to think through like, who would you call it 2am? That's probably your people. And then those people that you think, oh, I couldn't definitely couldn't call this person. Think about why. And then maybe that is a relationship that you don't want to continue to invest as much time in. I'm not saying cut people off completely, but we do only have a certain amount of time. And so we have to pick and choose where do we want to invest the precious tiny amount of time that we're given and make those decisions. So I would say start asking those questions and figure out who are your people and then what can you do to be intentional to invest in those relationships even further. That's so good. I feel like I need to do a whole other session with you. So I'm going to try and convince you to do this, but just on friendship in general. So not just community, which is a little more communal, bigger sphere, but friendship individually one-on-one because I think social media has made that really difficult. And then the fear of vulnerability has made it hard. And then all the excuses you've talked about, you'll find an excuse for anything. So it's like debunking all that or breaking that all down to be able to push past into just individual friendships. So I'm going to convince you to do that with me. (laughs) Sure. I'll do it because, Hey, you know, we're friends, so I'll do it for you. Love is often inconvenient. So sure. I'll, (laughs) I'll, I'll do it. You're applying the principle from today. Well, thank you so much, Leslie, for sharing. Cause I know this is something I've always been encouraged watching you and Derek in your marriage and in your individual life, just pursuing people, loving them well and wanting um, authenticity and true deep relationships. So I so appreciate you sharing this with us and thanks everyone for listening and I'll see you next week. Thank you for joining me today. And if you connected with something that was said, I hope you will share this with a friend, subscribe and leave a review. Thanks for sharing this journey with me at home where it all begins.